and welcome to ADHD Friendly. I'm your host, Patty Blinderman. I'm the creator of this podcast, and I'm also the creator of ADHD Friendly, a platform designed to tilt the playing field in favor of individuals with ADHD brains, so we're thriving with ADHD. Today, I'm going to be diving into a topic that's different from what I said I was going to be talking about in the last episode. So I'll get to that in a second. But first, an overview. This is episode 96. And as always, I'll start with a celebration. It's a Fiverr celebration. I'll go into what that is. And then I have an ADHD-friendly tip that's also tied to that same celebration. So the tip and the celebration today are linked. And then my topic today is new. So last episode, I said I was going to be talking about family traditions, which wasn't actually accurate. I was going to be talking about medication challenges um, that are going on right now with accessing ADHD medications specifically that I'm actually going to be talking about in the next episode. Today, I had a new sparkly topic come across my radar and I couldn't let it go by without grabbing onto it and talking about it. So I'll be talking about the end of summer scaries. That so resonated with me that I was like, oh my gosh, that's a term for something that I have experienced since forever. Like, oh my gosh, I just have to talk about it. So I'm going to go into that for the topic today. And then as always, I'll highlight next week's episode, which I just did, but I'll tell you again at the end what I'm going to be talking about. So I'm going to start with my celebration. As I always do, remember celebrations build up the positive neurochemicals in our brain. So important when we're trying to get through the things that are challenging us in the day. So my celebration today is I used Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Um, I've used them many times. I've actually highlighted them as one of my favorite things. They've been in celebrations before because um, I've had lots of experience with Fiverr. I've used it for my business to design logos in the past. I've used it for editing my, my podcast when I first started. I created a website with them. Um, I even did a slideshow for my dad's funeral with somebody from Fiverr. So I've, I've used them in lots of different areas and I've always had a great experience. So I reached out to um, a designer I haven't worked with before who had really good reviews and ordered a new logo design for my ADHD-friendly platform. I use um, ADHD-friendly here on my podcast, and it's also the name of my membership platform. And so I found someone with over a thousand reviews that had 4.9 out of five stars. Awesome. So my celebration here is that I took action around getting the logo of professionally designed because the one that I've been using, I designed myself on Canva, which is a great tool. Um, but it, I don't know how to make it the correct dimension. So when I upload it to certain sites, it's not the right size. It doesn't fit. It's all these different things because it's kind of wonky because I made it and I just wanted it professionally designed. So my celebration is I took that step. My ADHD friendly tip for this week is, and this is able to be applied to different areas. So I hit some snags and some challenges with the designer that I picked that threw me a little bit um, into a little rabbit hole. It was a little challenging for my ADHD wired brain to keep up with because they weren't getting back to me. And I had to keep remembering to check in 
And I was afraid that they would send me the design at a time that I wasn't going to be in front of my computer. So I reached out like last week on a Friday because I hadn't heard from them all week since um, I had submitted the revisions on Tuesday. And I had company coming into town for the weekend. So I was afraid um, if they sent it after I finished work on Friday, I wouldn't see it. And it would be automatically after 48 hours, it's automatically approved. And I already had a sense. I wasn't going to be able to be comfortable with that because the revisions they were doing just, it was as though they weren't reading my, my, my emails. So they were like doing like their own thing and it didn't all match what I was asking for. So I was kind of concerned. And then they didn't get back to me after that. So then I, I had to actually cancel. I tried to cancel it, which I've never had to do. So it was very uncomfortable, which also was a challenge because I don't like having to kind of, you know, change gears. I'm, I don't have that cognitive flexibility. I also am uncomfortable kind of, you know, canceling on someone who I know is a freelancer and, and most likely, you know, kind of working as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. And I always want to support that. So it had a lot of discomfort tied to it. And I just kind of had this, you know, can you just do what I ask so I can just check the box and move on and give you a good review, but it just wasn't happening. So my ADHD friendly tip is when you start to get into that place of discomfort where for me, I could feel myself getting emotionally kind of flooded and becoming dysregulated where I couldn't think about what I needed to do. I kind of resented that I had to do anything. Um, I stepped back and I decided to just start by going back to the designer site and looking at the reviews again. And I sorted by most recent, which I always do when I'm buying things on Amazon or different sites, but I didn't sort that way because with so many reviews, I just read the reviews. I didn't, and I didn't pull up. There was a number of two-star reviews that when I pulled them up, they had the same challenges I was having. So I thought, okay, I need to remember this because that would have been really helpful for me to look at. Um, also tracking interactions. So anytime you're dealing with customer service, sometimes it isn't a, a one-time interaction and you're done. And then we'll forget who we talked to or the date we talked to them. So tracking those interactions can really be helpful to keep up with things with more ease. So you're not having to go back and kind of recreate the map, if you will. You've already kind of put down the different points along the way because you just tracked it. And what I'll do is I just get on a notebook and I just kind of write down the date if I get a sense that, okay, I need to remember what date I sent this out and what time and who I talked to. And I do this anytime I'm talking to a cell phone company, internet phone service, you know, anything like that, I start a little log. Insurance company, I just start a log. So that's like a little additional tip. If you do have to cancel, complain, you know, kind of go above and get support from somebody else because you're just not getting what you need from the person you reach out to, I always want to highlight, take a few beats, step away, get a little um, clarity so you can stay objective. What never really works for us is if we let our emotions get dysregulated and we just kind of lean into the, it can feel really good in the moment, but we just lean into the venting of it. Like, you know, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't, whatever the, the feelings might be, not conveying that, just staying neutral, which is not easy for us to do. And for me, when I had to cancel it, I had to write a, a reason and it told me that, that the designer would see what I wrote. And so I really kind of stepped away and practiced a few minutes of breathing and did a few um, 
kind of rubbed my fingertips together and just kind of did a few grounding exercises. And then I came back and I just kind of acknowledged, I don't know what's going on for them. So I just, you know, I don't know if they had something come up, a family emergency, but they're not responding to me. And I needed this completed already. And I still don't have a logo design. And so I just stayed kind of neutral and it just observed what, what the, the issues that I was encountering were not judging um, that person, not, you know, kind of personally attacking them anyway, just kind of observing what was happening and, and staying neutral and, and acknowledging, you know, there could be something going on I'm not aware of, but I, I, I need to cancel this and go to a new designer that can actually get this done in the time frame that I need it to be completed. Um, and then I also Googled, how do I cancel a fiber order? Because what happened was the designer was given 48 hours and they came back with edits that I had asked for the previous week and they were still wrong. And so then my only recourse was to cancel again and it gave 48 hours. So I kind of Googled, how can I just cancel this? Because I don't have time to keep going through this. It clearly wasn't going to work for me and I just wanted to cancel it. And I found the, the answers to that. So sort by most recent reviews, track your interactions, stay neutral if you do have to give feedback, stay objective, just kind of state kind of bullet points, like what's what the challenges are. And for me, just remembering to Google like, ah, like how can I actually cancel this? Cause I'd never had to do that before. Um, but I'm still sticking with Fiverr. I've had enough positive experiences, but I learned from this and I'm using my ability to take the tips and shift to find a designer I believe is actually going to be a good fit to get me the, the logo design I'm looking for. So that's my celebration. I canceled the order. I found another designer. And right now we're just starting the beginning of our communication to see if it is something that they're able to do for me in the time I need it. Fingers crossed. I can't wait. That'll be a celebration in an upcoming podcast when I have that done. All right, on to the main topic for today. And like I said, this is a new one. This came across my radar. It's from a parent's article that was written by Allison Slater Tate. And the article was about something that she called this, the um, end of summer scaries. And I'm just going to quote her here. Um, so she ties it to what most of us have heard of, which is the Sunday scaries. If you haven't heard of the Sunday scaries, this is her quote. She says, the Sunday scaries are a cocktail of melancholy mixed with dread that creeps up on you sometime late on a Sunday morning and grows throughout the day, leaving you clenching your teeth or nursing an anxious stomach by nightfall as you watch the hours dwindle away toward Monday morning and the week ahead. Such a great description. Now, this is not something that just adults experience. Kids experience this too. And for some kids, for some parents, for some adults, the days and weeks leading up to a new school year can really make that Sunday scaries feeling much bigger. And it's going on for much longer. Like I said, days, weeks, maybe even a month before school even starts, we're feeling that feeling that we would have on a Sunday leading into a Monday. And so she turned that the end of summer scaries. It's a terrible feeling. But it so resonated with me, I had to share that because we are coming to the end of summer and leading into the beginning of a new school year. So summer, even though I hate the heat, it's a time of open space. It's a time with less things on our calendars often. It's a time to relax. It's a time to find more comfort in the things that we enjoy. 
some of us can really struggle with the lack of structure around summer. So we can kind of look forward to that reconnection to a routine. And that's definitely something that resonates with me. I even know like my oldest is counting down the days to going back um, into her classroom. She's a teacher because just the untetheredness of a summer schedule can be really difficult to create structure to get things done around. But for people that this resonates with, with this end of summer scaries feeling that if that term resonates with you, you might feel a mix of excitement about the year, but also a, a fairly good dose of nervous energy and maybe even dread for the new year. And I know that's something that I always feel. I used to always love July. July was the one month because we always got out of school in June. July had nothing school related in it. But once you turn the calendar to August 1st, I could see the first day of school. And it just started as soon as I got out of July. It was like August 1st just kind of jump-started that summer scaries and the summer scaries feeling. And it really was a thing that I always felt like I was pretty alone in experiencing. It didn't occur to me that a lot of people felt this, but for me, it was tied to the anticipation of how many things was, was I gonna have to keep up with now? You know, the carpool schedule, homework every night and the battles that often came with that. Um, all of the different assignments that my kids would come home and need support with or projects over time, after school activities, trying out for sports, clubs. I mean, it's just everything was so overwhelming. Keeping and starting to make all the school lunches again. Oh, even just thinking about it, I get a little tense. So Dr. Sarah Spanagall, who was quoted in the parent article, um, says it's really important to validate if you have kids who are experiencing this, and I'm going to borrow and kind of tie it to adults too. If you're feeling it as an adult or as a parent, acknowledge it. It's a real, what you're experiencing is real. And what Dr. Spanagle says is that um, we really have to kind of check in to see what's going on. Where's the feeling coming from? And doc, Dr. Deborah Gilboa, who was also quoted in this article, says to be curious to have empathy. So they say, don't say, oh, but you love school or, oh, come on, there's nothing to be upset about. It's great. It's going to be fun. Asking them questions like, are you upset about summer ending because you love summer so much? Or are you upset because you're dreading something about the school year starting? So again, we're, we're, validating what they're experiencing, but we're digging in a little bit to see what's going on instead of just assuming we know what they're feeling, we're asking them. And it can help them to process and get it pinned down a little bit more too. Like I'm nervous about gym class or, you know, whatever, but giving them a chance to ask an open-ended question and answer it can really help. And it might be that they're a little bit excited and a little bit fearful. So they might be like, you know, I'm excited to see my friends again, but I'm nervous about who, who my teacher is going to be. So then it could be, you know, just having that conversation about, okay, well, let's look on the calendar and see when back to school when it is. Because remember, you get to meet your teacher before um, school starts or whatever it might be. It just gives you a chance to hear what their concerns are and then put some structure around it, right? So maybe like looking at, well, how, how can I help you to feel a little bit more comfortable with that? What could we do to make that feel a little bit less scary? So it start, you know, it all starts with a conversation. And then maybe, you know, really thinking about, you know, tell me some things you're excited about the school year. So it might be some new school supplies where I get to go 
shopping for some new clothes or new shoes, um, and then getting clear about what is it? Let's make a list of the things that you're not looking forward to. What are you dreading? And then what can we do to maybe mitigate some of those feelings that are creating the discomfort? Um, for parents, keeping in mind external concrete things that can support you to manage everything that's coming up. So I always made a list. So these are just strategies I'm going to share that worked for me. And I ask you just to explore what might work for you. As always, take what works for you, leave behind what doesn't. But I'm going to share some things that work for me and my kids. I always made a list. I might write out all the different school supplies. The schools always had a list posted. I would print it. So I would have a hard copy of what do the kids need for whatever grade they're in. What clothing do they need? So like we literally go, it was a great chance to go through the clothes, see what still fits. What do they need? Make a list of things that we need to go buy so that we were really clear what supplies they need clothing wise to be ready for the new year. What do you want to pack for lunches this year was always a question I'd ask because I wanted them excited to pack their lunches because I didn't want to pack their lunches. So we'd talk about what do you want to take for lunch and, you know, let's go planet trip to Costco, you know, one of my favorite things to get some lunch supplies. Do they need a new lunchbox, new backpack, all of those things? Make a list. And then family calendar. Oh my gosh. I always need to see what's coming up, what time does school start, if they're in different schools, which happened when they went to like middle and high school, where some kids, you know, they're, they're all in different schedules. And for, I have four kids at one point, all four of them were in different school with a different schedule. It about did me in. So having that external way to see what's coming up, where kids need to be and when was so important. So a family calendar where you can put down dates for sport tryouts or when different clubs meet, different things that you can see concretely and externally is key. Um, family meetings to discuss, how are you feeling about school starting? What do we still need to do? Um, getting carpool details down, what events you've coming up this week. If you set that structure in place, if that's not something that you already have as a, a routine in your family, at the end of the summer, it can be a great time to introduce it, put some structure to it, maybe start with some celebrations. What happened this week that you're excited about? What do you want to acknowledge yourself for? And what's coming up this week that we need to plan for can really be helpful. Looking at the sleep schedule is another thing that I was always very mindful of. I've talked in the past about how I was really focused on sleep because I knew how much I needed it. And I had a couple of kids that were really impacted if they didn't get the sleep they needed. So before the first day of school, I always started about, you know, seven to 10 days before the first day of school, backing up the, the sleep time, their bedtime, because, you know, it was a little looser in the summer and it would stay light longer. And it was still hard the end of August. It was still hard to kind of back it up because it was still light outside. So I had, you know, like room darkening shades to help, you know, make it feel like it was later than it was when I was trying to back that time up and waking them up earlier in the morning, a little bit each morning was also helpful going to bed a little earlier, getting up a little earlier. So that first day of school wasn't setting them up to be completely, you know, exhausted because they were up late and they had to get up earlier than they were used to. And then this is just something I always want to share because having four kids, I was really aware. I didn't know anything about ADHD at the time that would have helped me around this. I just knew my own limits. And what I now know is it's really tied to my executive functions, but I knew that I couldn't keep up with my kids having multiple sports and activities for each of them. So I limited them each. You could have one school activity that would meet immediately after school. So all I had to do was pick you up and you can have one outside of school activities. So like 
Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or one, you know, kind of like T-ball or sport that wasn't tied to the school. And that's it. And because of the age difference of my kids, that always seemed to work. Notice what would work for you. Because what I what I know from observing other families wouldn't work for me is this, I go from, you know, immediately after picking up this kid from school, I drop them off here. And then I go back and I pick this kid up and I take them here. And it was just too much. I was always aware I would forget a kid. I couldn't maintain it. I couldn't sustain it. And I didn't want them to have to quit in the middle of something. So I was always very mindful of, let's start with one thing. I think I started with an after-school activity and made sure I could add the second thing. So what we landed on was one in-school, one out-of-school activity for each kid. And that just seemed to work for us. So I just invite you to consider what would work for you. Um, so just know your limits, honor them, ask for help when you need it. My husband has always... Um, especially when the kids really traveled a lot. So I, I just knew he might be around to take them from time to time, but I couldn't depend on that. So if I couldn't maintain the schedule myself, I didn't feel like I could commit to it. You might have a really tight knit family nearby that you can rely on to help. You know, maybe they'll always take a certain kid to an activity because they already are going that way or something. Use your resources to help manage this because it's a busy time of year when school's starting back in and asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of acknowledging I'd love to do this, but I'm going to need some support to make sure that it's going to work for everybody. And then I just invite you to share what else, what other tips and tools have you found work for you as you transition from a very different summer schedule into a much more um, structured school schedule to make that transition with more ease. Please post, again, this is episode 96. I'd love to see any um, ideas, post them in the comments. And I'd be happy to share them because we all learn from each other. So let's quickly recap. That's it for this week. I started with my Fiverr celebration that I moved forward on my logo and then tied it to um, my ADHD friendly tip for this week, which is, you know, how to notice if things aren't working and then what to do to support yourself to manage that with more ease. So kind of keeping a log, documenting what the steps have been, when you reached out, who you talked to, and supporting your... Um, your brain not to get dysregulated by taking a little break, stepping back, keeping that perspective so that you can stay objective. If you do need to cancel something or make a complaint so that you're, you're not letting the emotions kind of take control, you're keeping that perspective and staying objective so that you're more likely to get the outcome that you're going for. And then I talked about the end of summer scaries as my topic this week, my impromptu topic. I'm going to come to family traditions later in the fall. Um, so if you're looking for that, I'm still excited to talk about that, but I'm going to do that a, a few more episodes ahead. Next week, I am going to talk about the ADHD prescription challenges that have been going on um, for a long time. If you're somebody that gets ADHD medications, you know of the shortages. Um, the cost can be challenging. So I'm going to share the most recent information I've come across on what's going on and strategies to support yourself with more ease. That's coming up next week. Until then. Take what works for you, leave behind. Come check me out on the ADHDfriendly.com and I'll see you here next week. Until then, tally ho.